Hi friends, Jay Stephen Willard here with an extra episode of There Once Was a Yogi this week, a tribute episode, uh, reposting, resharing, rerunning, however we want to phrase it, uh, an episode I did, uh, I think last year with my friend Kevin. Uh, you know, there's something about the passing of a celebrity and the, the response that it brings uh, from people. I remember when I was a kid and uh, they, there was a special report, special news report, because back then the news only came on, you know, at seven o'clock or something like that. But they broke into, uh, I think it was <laughs> Guiding Light, as a matter of fact, an old soap opera for those of you old enough to remember, to uh, report that Elvis Presley had died. And my mom's reaction was very, uh, was very emotional. I remember her crying, like on the on the sofa for you know a few minutes, and uh, and then just kind of going about her day. And there have been many celebrity passings that have been uh, upsetting. Uh, I was very when Prince and Bowie, and even Joan Rivers, Whitney Houston. Uh, all kind of shook me a little bit because they had been so uh, integral to to me growing up. But today I'm sharing an episode that my friend Kevin and I recorded uh, when the deluxe edition of Olivia Newton-John's physical album was reissued. He and I chatted about that album and all things Olivia. And uh, I'm recording this intro just minutes after uh, breaking report that she had passed away. Uh, you know, she was 73, and she had uh, lived with uh, cancer in various forms for about 30 years. It's a very sad passing, but, you know, she, she lived a very good life. She lived a very full and interesting life. And, you know, so she, she really got a lot out of this ride. And um, I think one of the reasons it's so upsetting is that she was very much the soundtrack of my youth. I remember the very first song I heard from her was uh, Please, Mr. Please. And I think I was, I don't know, six or seven or something. And I just thought, you know, I had no idea what the song was about, but I just thought she had the the, the, the prettiest voice. And uh, then I remember seeing her on, I don't know, Mike Douglas or Merv Griffin or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. Even though I had no, <laughs> I had no designs on her, but, uh, uh, she just be, she became a part of my childhood. Like hers was the music that I would kind of disappear into when uh, you know I was being bullied at school or things were uh, chaotic and unpredictable uh, in my house with my family. Uh, I would always retreat into my room and put on my little headphones, and I think I you know I listened to her from in on, in all uh, incarnations, you know, country and pop and all of that. But anyway, uh, so it, 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 I can, it's a, it's like a part of your, you know, your past, your, the things that shaped you uh, is gone. And you know, that's what happens, right? I mean, none of us get out of this ride alive. And I think that, uh, you know, enjoy this ride, you know, have the, have the cookie, drink the wine, wear the good perfume for no reason at all. Caught myself. I was going to curse there. So I hope you'll enjoy the rerun of this episode. And um, yeah, love the ones you're with. Till next time. All right. Hello, friends. Hi, Kevin. Hello. (laughs) 
I was uh, I was talking to someone uh, yesterday, and uh, I introduced them as my friend, and I said, "Well, it, I guess we're friends because ninety percent of our relationship is via Instagram." So, but I guess that's just the way things are now. It is. Um, it is. I, I'm. I feel lucky enough to have met you in person many times, though, <laughs> even though it's been a long time. Right. Um, so and. You've just gotten more entertaining over the internet. So I, I just. I, who oh. knew? I mean, I. <laughs> you you need to take this show on the road is all I'm telling you. Right, exactly. So For Kevin real. and I, I used to work with Kevin's older brother at the record bar, uh, which was my first job ever was at a record store in uh, glamorous Northwoods Mall. And, <laughs> uh, and I met Kevin when he would come in and like see his brother. And I right. can't remember how we landed on the fact that we were both Olivia um, fans. You know, I don't know. I probably I was buying a, a little bit of Olivia product as a teenage, as a young <laughs> young teenager. Um, but um, who knows? Just uh, probably through that. Um, I remember meeting you out in the it's- a little bit. We, I would see you out in the world. Mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. was that. And then I recall, didn't I see you at an Olivia Newton-John concert in Columbia? You did. It is one of the, it is one of many uh, trips that I have specifically taken for something related to Olivia Newton-John. We'll, okay. we'll get into that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that one actually, I think was my very first, that was my first time seeing her in concert actually. Uh, it was and, good. Uh, it was good. Gosh, she, that she, would have been what uh, early two thousands. Somewhere, somewhere in the early two thousands, yeah. And she was doing her um, bossa nova physical, which was that's right, very that's right. Yeah. So um, I know I, I have a feeling we're going to be like all over the place with this today. Um, but, lead the way, uh, lead the way. No, that's well. So well, I so I I know this is going to be backwards to you on camera, and I realize that. Y'all can't see what I'm holding up, but it's like a little chart, a little graph here of my my holy trinities. Okay. Um, there's the BC Trinity, which is like before coming out. Oh, right. And th- this would be my childhood Trinity. And this is in no order except for um, alphabetical of where mm-hmm. it was Cher, Dolly, Olivia. <laughs> now those, and those are, this is like the Old Testament. So, okay. <laughs> so they're still just as important to me. Okay. And then there's the, you know, the AD Trinity, which would have been like the, you know, the, the, the burgeoning gay years. And that was uh, Janet Madonna Whitney. Ah, yes. And there are a lot of disciples under both of those trinities. So like, you know, the, I mean, Sheena, Belinda Carla. I, I mean, there's just too many. And yes. then of course at the top is, uh, is Barbara because she is an entity <laughs> unto her own. She is. Yeah. So whole set, yeah. Yeah, so you know, like when, when Whitney died, I, I absolutely, I was bereft. Like I, 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 looked, I did cry that night when she died. And yes, if any of that Old Testament Trinity, I will just be inconsolable for days. Right, but that's, let's not dwell in that negativity. Oh, no, Kevin froze. <laughs> oh no, let's not dwell in right, that. Right, exactly. And also, so I want to point out that you have my favorite album cover ever behind you, Greatest Hits Volume 2. I think it's the best album cover ever. I'm going a little old school with a um, koala blue (laughs) t-shirt. Yes, you are. 
that was another trip where I drove to Atlanta because there was uh, a koala blue in underground Atlanta. What? And, oh yeah, I made a whole weekend of it. I didn't know that. I thought it was only in Santa Barbara or wherever. No, wow. this was at that time where they they tried to expand it to like, you know, like the Gap. And then, oh. um, yeah, that would have been like early 90s or something, maybe. Wow. Then, you know, they went, she went bankrupt for a minute because of Koala Blue. Yeah, I know. Yeah. This, kids, this is not called a deep dive for nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, so Kevin, how we're getting into her blackheads. We're doing it. Okay, here we go. Oh yes, we're going poor as everything. How did poor you discover her? What was your first? What was the first song you loved? Oh wow. Um, well, you know, um, I was eight, and uh, I got the the Grease soundtrack for uh, as a birthday present. Uh, I got both the Grease soundtrack and Elvis sings for children. It was a real hodgepodge. Um, but uh, so <laughs> probably. You know, hopelessly devoted to was, of course, my my favorite. But I really didn't become oh. a big, um, Olivia Newton-John fan uh, until until Physical. Um, oh, interesting. I, yeah, I was ten then um, in nineteen eighty one, and um, I had a friend who was really into um, Olivia Newton-John, and so I got in really into Olivia Newton-John because of him, mm. and I somehow must have convinced somebody to buy me, you know, I didn't have a job, obviously. Um, so I bought the physical album <clears throat> and I listened to it on a, um, a, a, a burnt orange Fisher Price record player <laughs> that was honestly my only turntable. I mean, you know, because I had an older brother who wouldn't let me use his equipment. Um, right. So I, I listened to that record daily for uh, eons, what felt like eons. Um, and so, and and I will say that um, landslide probably became my biggest favorite. Oh, interesting thing! Yeah, I, I, that that mm. song to me was just everything. And to this day, if I play it, I can still see myself dancing in front of the um, burnt orange Fisher Price um, record player. It was. A I listened, so I listened to the album like start to finish uh, over the weekend. I was amazed that I still know like every every word, every oh. note, every nuance. Because so my very first one was uh, was Please, Mister Please, which <sighs> was probably done on like a talk show or something, and I was just like mesmerized. Mm -hmm. And um, and then so every song like after that. So okay, <laughs> I used to have this pre-COVID in my yoga classes, I would have like this one class, which was sort of the party class. And I had this one young girl who would come who I think she was 17 or 18 or something. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I would be playing like a song and I'd be like, you know, Patricia, do you know, like one day I was like, Patricia, do you know who David Bowie is? And she's like, no. And I was like, oh my God. And then one day I said, it's like, I was playing a Cher song. It's like, do you know who Cher is? And she goes, no. And I, it was all I could do to not stop the class and have her removed. From the room. So, so one what? day I was playing. One day I was playing an Olivia Newton-John song, and I had already, I was committed in my mind that if she said she did not know who Olivia was, that I was going to publicly shame her. <laughs> but she did know Olivia. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, Greece, of course. Oh, so, Greece. Right. It all yeah, comes. So by time. By the time Greece comes around, I was already like a dyed in the wool, and I I made uh, I had an aunt who took me to see it for the first time, 
uh, I think I saw it at Charlestown Square. Do you remember, remember that mall? Yeah. And then uh, I made my mom take me to see it again, like three days later. Wow. And then um, we had a neighbor who was going to take me uh, and a few other kids. And I basically bullied everyone into going to see Greece again. Wow. <laughs> and I lied that I had not seen it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I didn't see Greece until we got cable. So that was probably 1982. Really? I never went to go see it in the movie theater. I just listened oh my to the soundtrack and I was just in love with the soundtrack. Um, but but that but but and but going back to something you said, so you actually crossed over from the country, Olivia, to the pop. Well, so this is the thing. Listen, I this is my because uh, I, I told someone that I, that we were doing this tonight, and they were kind of like they gave me sort of a a, a look, and that's like, listen, <laughs> Olivia Newton-John walked so Madonna could run, right? <laughs> You know, um, but that's like the, the magic, unintended, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, is that, yeah, like she has transcended like every, like every genre. She started out as like, you know, wholesome little country queen, which people did not like because when she won all the, the country awards, the Nashville was pissed. I think was it, I think it was either Loretta Lynn or maybe Dolly that were like, y'all calm down. Yeah. Uh, probably said it just like that. But um, yeah, I mean, she she has been again. It's like the Madonna thing. She has been so many things. Yeah, absolutely. But but you know, I think that really speaks to. Um, and I don't want to get too far away from your questions, but I think it speaks to um, who um, Olivia and John is in my in my opinion, I guess, or in, in my little fantasy as an artist who I've as I've listened to her over the years and um, followed. Um, I wondered, you know, what kind of artist is she? You know, she's not really mm-hmm. a songwriter, although she has written songs. Um, and she has done all these different styles of songs. And mm-hmm. it just, all I keep landing on is that she's like the Kelly Clarkson, of, or Kelly mm-hmm. Clarkson is the closest that we've got to maybe what Olivia is or was. Mm-hmm. In a, That's a good analogy. Yeah, you know, she's somebody who, just has this phenomenal voice. Tina Turner is sort of the same as well, although Tina pretty much stayed in the same, um, same, same genre and sh- and shared to some degree. But but Kelly Clarkson like has this. Uh, not that I'm a huge fan by any means, but that she has this really crystal clear, very distinct sound, mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. is a really good song interpreter. Yeah, bar none in this day and age, I think. Um, for the style of voice that she has. And Olivia mm-hmm. was exactly the same way. And so it, in my mind, it was just, it, it, see, it appears to me that she just wanted to sing, no matter well, what. Well, you know, and I think that if, if, if we are looking at like pure pop uh, voices, Olivia and Karen Carpenter are probably like two of the best pop voices yeah. ever. Because they weren't like in your face. Like it wasn't like, um, <laughs> I was driving around with a friend of mine the other week and uh, there was a Carrie Underwood song on and uh, he goes, God, I bet like when you go to a Carrie Underwood concert, it's just like 90 minutes of of screeching because, <laughs> you know, like, which I love too, but, yeah. but there's, there, I think with both of them, Karen Carpenter and Olivia, that there's a, there's a quiet strength to their songs or and to their performances rather. So, um, it's just it's a tone. It's mm-hmm. just a really special tone that nobody else has. Right. Uh, 
that she's got. Karen Carpenter had it. I mean, you know, Bar- young Barbara Streisand, right? Um, listen to young Barbara Streisand. And obviously she's got a musical theater influence and she's mm-hmm. got a real um, sort of um, old sta- old school sort of uh, um, standards-y kind of right. to her, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe a little, a little on the, you know, she's on the cabaret side on the little bit, maybe on the jazzy side, but real belt, real, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, not Ethel Merman, but Ethel Merman. Right. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Ethel Merman once said it was, it was, it was on Barbara's just for the record album where Ethel Merman's, you know, telling her, you're the new belta. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but, 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 um, you know, Barbara had that real crystal clear tone that just nobody else had. Right. Um, it's something that I don't think people today really appreciate at all. I agree. I agree because there's, oh, and this is going to make us sound like old farts. It is. You know what, anyway. <laughs> so the reason for this deep dive is it is the 40th anniversary of physical, which I cannot fathom. Um which means that my 40th high school reunion is not that far away. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, you look so, the best. I, oh, <laughs> I promise. Thank you. <laughs> it's, um, so I, th- because this was pre-internet, like there was no, there was no buzz before something came out, you know, like there was nothing like, you know, it, I, I was obsessed with solid gold Saturday <laughs> nights, seven o'clock. <laughs> Uh, well actually so to lead up to that after Greece of course uh was the album Totally Hot where we start to see sort of the influence of Bad Sandy kind of start to show up in the work you know the spandex pants a little bit of rock guitar right you know etc then there's uh, the magical moment of, of Xanadu yeah. Which again, I, I saw like three times within the two weeks it was in the theaters. Wow. It didn't it didn't do that great. No. Um, but I still adore it. So yeah. then she's like kind of lays low a little bit after the uh, the flop of physical, I mean of, of Xanadu. And you know, when we leet last year in Xanadu, it was like, you know, this flaxen hair, like you know, clean, like very sweet and innocent still. Right. And then on a Saturday night at seven o'clock on Solid Gold, Lady <laughs> Newton John comes on to sing her new song, Physical. And right. she's got like this sassy, short, like honey blonde hair, the little headband. And it is, as the kids say, it was a bop. So <laughs> I got the 45 because the album had not come out yet. And so I think I had the same stereo that you did. Like I had the little plastic Fisher Price uh, stereo, and I would just like I would literally like it would play. I'd pick the needle up, start it over, pick the needle up, start it over. Uh, so much so to the there was a, a time my my father used to go away on uh, submarines quite a bit, and he had been out to sea for like several months, and he had just come back, and I was probably on my seventeenth round of playing the forty five that day when he like screamed down the hall, he's like, you play that goddamn record one more time. Then <laughs> <laughs> magically I got headphones the next day. <laughs> That's great. But I saved up my allowance to buy that album, which I actually still have uh, somewhere. Uh, well, over there, I know. And like, it, it was just, it was otherworldly. Like it, 
the cover and landslide the first like chords of landslide yeah yeah and so and then um i'm just gonna give y'all listening a little history lesson here so physical like blows the fuck up and it you know like like a meteorite like up the charts number one 10 weeks in a row yeah and there's a story that she tells about how after she had recorded it she started freaking out because it was and even listening to it over the weekend it it's not dirty but yeah. it's definitely like double entendre but uh it is so I have... start... go ahead go ahead i was gonna say i have I, i've been thinking about this actually <clears throat> over the last few days knowing we were going to talk and thinking about well you know like i'm a huge 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 prince fan right physical is mm -hmm. was was controversial for her and obviously controversial for pop radio right prince mm -hmm. put out controversy the same year okay uh, and is that the same year the same year well the year before he put out dirty mind yeah yeah singing songs about incest and and head and you know, it's just one thing after another, and mm -hmm. you know, singing a you know uh, a song called "Sexuality" on on controversy and jack you off and the whole thing, and I'm thinking, is it just because he wasn't a pop artist yet that yes, that was just sort of so. thing over there, and so and she took all this heat for the word horizontal, <laughs> right, right. Well, she was America's sweetheart, even though she's not American, <laughs> right. <laughs> But right. yeah, I think it's because, yeah, she, you know, Greece made her this, um, this, you know, sweetheart and superstar right. in a very uh, specific way, like the virginal, yeah. you know, whatever. And then, yeah, I think if Prince had been, um, who was like a big male pop star at the time, uh, like if John Denver had <laughs> released Controversy. That's, that's <laughs> Thank the Lord that that never happened. All all of the heavens. Thank you. <laughs> Please imagine. But so yeah. So she. So before the single drops, she starts freaking out. This is all on record. She writes about this in her book. That she's freaking out. Like, oh my God, what what are we doing? We we it's, we can't do this. And MCA is like too late. Like it is shipped out. So then she decides that okay, well we're going to do a video, but we're going to make it very tongue in cheek, and it's going to be all about working out. Um, Meanwhile, one of the most homoerotic music videos ever. Like, I mean, so that was what, 80, 81. I would have been, uh, I don't know. It, what John Schneider and Dukes of Hazard started, the physical <laughs> video finished. <laughs> That's great. So, That's great. and also the, that my my parents just let me watch this stuff like there there was no filter so anyway so album is out let's dive into this shit all right so sure. you've already said landslide oh favorite yeah. song um <clears throat> well you know yeah for a long time landslide was my favorite song i mean physical's a great song i um uh but you know it was it, you hear you heard it everywhere you still hear it today right right uh, but I think my favorite song on that record is called is the song called Recovery. <gasps> that is mine. It is a, it is just this beautiful, shimmery, amazing little song. So I it mean, it is a perfect pop song. 
it is perfect. That so that whole record is, I you know today I was listening to um, you know thank you streaming gods right for having these you know computer oh, right. playlists right, um, and I was listening to a you know pop records of 1981 kind of playlist. And I was going through it very specifically because I wanted to hear what other pop records sounded like that mm. were big hits, you know, Kiss on My List, uh, uh, Sheena Easton's uh, uh, Telephone. Modern Girl. Or... Modern Girl. Um, uh, friggin' Kenny Rogers, Lady of My Life, or Lady Has the Tramp. I don't know, <laughs> the Lady song, you know, <laughs> whatever. All, all the songs, right? Um, there's a, Don't Stop Believing came out in 1981. Oh, uh, wow. There was some air supply, early air supply, you know, any, a whole bunch of stuff, right? Juice Newton mm -hmm. was big in 81. Probably yeah. the closest thing to sort of Olivia Newton-John, not just names, but just in terms of the kind of pop star right. that she ended up being. Um, and also a country crossover. My point being, physical, the song, physical, the album, does not sound sonically like any of those songs or any of those records. Just the way that it was recorded, the way it was mixed, um, it's it's this weird mix of what was futuristic in 1981. Yeah, yeah. Um, very synthesized. Very synthesized. There's this like reverb on her voice that's very specific to every, uh, it's, and it's very consistent through every song. There is this treatment to the way the guitars sound that it just sounds like the whole album is wet <laughs> and, yeah. it, and it shimmers. It's, it's like warm. the cover. It's like, <laughs> the cover. I swear to God, it's just, there's something about the whole record that just has this really glistening, beautiful sound. And it just supports her voice, which just rings like a bell the entire time. And when I listened to recovery, I came to recovery late. Well, I'm sorry, as I drank a glass of wine, um, I came to the song, not that kind of recovery. I came to that song and to appreciate that song really later in life. I was in mm. you know, probably college or whatever in my, in my twenties, um, just, you know, taking a little dive back into my, my youth and enjoying the album. Right. And man, I, I remember specifically where I was, what I was doing when I heard that song for the first time in the way that I hear it now. I mean this sincerely and mm. it just, you know, it just, it just hit me. It's a beautiful lyric and beautiful melody and the way it sounds is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, the record is sort of, it's ridiculous to say this cause it's Olivia Newton-John, right? But this record, <laughs> right. but, you know, we get it, right? We, as uh, people that like Olivia Newton-John, we, you know, we understand she's not a trailblazer. Uh, she wasn't known for that kind of thing. Um, you know, she followed up this record with, well, she followed it up with Two of a Kind, but her next full record was Soul Kiss and it was, right. you know, patchy, uh, patchy. Mm -hmm. But this record just is just like, it just exists in her catalog as this perfect pop it is, recording. It, 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 it is her graceland. Damn. It is. It is it, her grace. I mean, it. And even songs that, like you said, that I came to later, like carried away, like yeah. same thing. Like, it was like one time I was listening to it and I was like, oh my God, this song is so beautiful. And uh, Silvery Rain, that was another song that I, for a long oh, yeah. time, would always just skip over. 
And then yeah. I was listening to it and there were some, there were some vocal effects on there that were way before auto-tune. And, I, and you know, and I think if you go back, even you go back, uh, you have to skip over Xanadu to go back to Totally Hot. Yeah. Um, Please Don't Keep Me Waiting, first track on tonight. That song is... <laughs> well, listen, if I wanted to try to sell somebody on Olivia Newton-John being an underappreciated vocalist, like, mm -hmm. and you know, she's underappreciated because she Greece, wasn't cool. She was never cool. Right. Greece was huge. And so everybody flocks to Greece. That's her sort of thriller moment in a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But as a, as a pop icon entertainer, right? Totally. But, you know, physical is sort of her, like you say, it's her Graceland. It's her like a prayer. You know, it's her ray of light. It's her mm -hmm. whatever, you know, it's her sign of the times. <laughs> um, right. It, but it totally <laughs> is, though. <laughs> like um, every song. Yeah. Like I, was listening to, like I was listening to Strangers Touch over the weekend. And I was like, <gasps> damn, this was a good song. Yeah, it was. Make a move on me. Make a move. And yeah, and that was, of course, that was a hit. But you can hear the sound of the record and make a move on me, for sure. Um, I think Physical mm -hmm. is, 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 the, is the song on that record that actually doesn't sound, it's the one that doesn't sound the most like the rest of the songs, however you say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, which, and I can't wait to hear the remastered version. Yeah, me too. It comes out into the week, actually. Um, all right, so... Um, <laughs> since we were, we're moving chronologically okay, through here so <laughs> two of a kind was next which a movie was not great no nope. nope. um but i was so obsessed with her at the time um i watched it i could oh probably in the recesses of my brain i could quote most of that same movie. same yeah absolutely and then yeah. uh and i think so then she she gets pregnant she's pregnant when soul kiss comes out and by this time, I think the, the, the influence of physical has like mushroomed out because Sheena Easton goes from short little pixie haircut, you know, blousy tops yep. and just strut sugar walls. <laughs> so then we have young Madonna starting to come around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Soul Kiss was not, it was not a great, it was not even a good album, I don't think. Um, Soul Kiss is probably the strongest song to me on there. It is. It is like there are songs on that record that are just so camp that I'll pull mm -hmm. it out just to just to have a good time. Queen of the Queen Public of the Publication. One of those songs that's just I long to see a really good drag queen do a really studied performance of that song. Well, you um, know, Willem Willem did a cover of uh, Potential New Boyfriend. What? From by Dolly Parton? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. So I'm amazed that no one has like picked up on the Soul Kiss era and done something. Um, Culture Shock's a good song. What's a Culture Shock's a, Culture Shock's a great song. I mean, it's a song about it's a song about <laughs> polyamory. If polyamory, you know, very contemporary. It's very hip. She was very before her mm -hmm. time. And the back cover is that topless photo by uh, oh, Helmut Newton. Yeah. No, no relation. Oh, I mean, listen, that inside cover of that record. Oh. What? That's a Herb Ritz that just should be in a museum. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And the video for Soul Kiss, I think, is, is pretty stunning, too, where she's just rolling around in like this 
yeah. red, like all this, this sea of red. All right, so right. then she becomes a mom. Yep. She becomes a businesswoman, uh, becomes an environmentalist, disappears essentially for mm-hmm. for years. Like she'll sometimes pops up on like you know American Music Awards. I was not a big fan when she had like just the straight, like the straight bangs and the long hair. Oh, the, the rumor phase. Pre-rumor. Like, Pre-rumor. It was very okay. lots of like flowy layered things because she was in like mom mode. Um, and then did what, which came first, warm and tender or the rumor? The rumor, rumor, yeah. that's probably that is my album. second favorite album. I agree with you. I actually, I do well. No, I'd say third because I, I rank totally hot above that, but um, Ooh. I really yeah, do. Maybe, um, <laughs> but yeah, the rumor is really underappreciated. It just, it, it, she just could not shake still being first of all she was too old unfortunately and that you know that still happens today of course exactly um even though just starting to happen yeah but you know she but she was oversaturated and and um and so much changed from the beginning from 1981 when physical hit to 1988 i think when that Mm -hmm. album i mean you had you know um REM was taking off and right, right. U2. the U2 had already taken off and mm-hmm. yeah the, the whole pop rap of course it had taken off so suddenly Olivia Newton-John was your mom's music in the space of yeah which I don't even seven years right which is amazing which it's still kind of actually I think it the the shelf life is even shorter now probably Probably. Um, Although I would, there's a few things I would love to be kicked off the shelf that have been on the shelf for way too long, but there you go. <laughs> I would agree. But yeah, and, and I don't think that that album even uh, charted, I don't think. Probably Or if not. it did, it was very, very low. Uh, I have so a then- memory. I'll, I'll just throw this out there. I was the very first, I, I was a, I was a high school senior and I went to France on a, as a, um, as an exchange student. Mm, and, as uh, one does. As one does. Well, it was a big deal to be from North Charleston and go to, uh, uh, yeah, Paris, you know, and um, we snuck into the, uh, the other kids and I uh, were, we were all 17 or 16 or 17, 17, I guess. And uh, we snuck into a club um, or not snuck, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, aged ourselves up and, and ended up in a discotheque in um, Paris. No, it, I think it was Paris. Um, where they, where it was the first time I actually saw the, uh, the, the video for the song, the rumor and it was wow. on a huge screen and everybody was dancing to it. Not, not that it was a big song over there, but it was just, I, I was, I was just in hog heaven. I thought, oh my God. I'm- well, it's also, that's one of my other favorite looks of her is her from that video with the, just the mane of curls and just flinging it around. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Which, another a great song it was yeah it's a you knew it's a, you, you, that's one of those songs you know is an elton john song just yes. by hearing it, yeah. it sounds like elton john and it's, it's it's one of elton john's best songs in my opinion i think so too i think so too um so then that doesn't do anything so she disappears again for a while again you know back into like mother mode blah 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 right. shit starts getting real for our olivia yeah Paula blue goes goes under she puts out greatest hits another greatest hits with four new songs right i need love being one of them which i again think was 
how that song was not a hit. I do not understand. Um, and she's going to go on tour again. I think this would have been what, 92, mm, maybe like 93, like 92, yeah, 94, something like that. Yeah, yeah, 92. And then it's announced that she has breast cancer. Yep. And I could just remember like the air leaving the room <laughs> like when I read this. It was like, what? Um, yep. Yeah. And so then it's, uh, and then and that was an interesting time in music because now we're like in full grunge mode mm -hmm. and she's definitely not cool anymore. Weirdly, the Carpenters started having a little bit of a resurgence because all the the alternative acts did that um, cover album. Right. <laughs> you remember? Yeah, I do. Um, I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, the Carpenters were pretty cool there for a while. Exactly. Uh, they had they had a little yeah. bit of a of a, of a moment. Yeah. Um, so then this leads us to the second trip that I specifically made because of you. Um, I was working part-time at a record store and you came in. I don't know if you knew that I was working there or if you just came in, but you had uh, Gaia. Yeah. And I was like, what? Again, because this was pre-internet. <laughs> I don't remember doing that, but wow. It was, that was 94. That would yeah, have been okay, so that was 94. I and was I drove way by Gaia. Oh, I drove oh, to Columbia the next day to go to Best Buy because that was the only place that had it. That's right. That's where I got it. So yeah. I drove four hours in like one day to get this. It was an import. You couldn't. It was an import. Exactly. And I don't even think I had a CD player in my car. So I took a boom box so that I could listen to it. <laughs> I got two listens from on the drive home, but that's another like that's a but that's a very specific album for a very yeah. specific fan base. Oh yeah, very much so. But man, if people would just give that album a chance, um, trust yourself is trust yourself. I, yeah, that is a. <laughs> it, I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a beautiful, honest song. And I was like, I can't believe, I mean, listen, you know, I always thought as a kid, I thought the the, the dolphin song was cheesy. Say. <laughs> um, <Same. laughs> sorry. I just thought, I thought it was cheesy. Um, it was certainly earnest and wonderful in that yeah. way. But a lot of her originals were, you know, mm -hmm. just very, a little over earnest, in my opinion, just, you know. Um, but, uh, boy, that record came out and, um, although there are definitely some, some earnest songs on it, I've, I've many times made fun of the fact yeah. that she sang a song about not cutting down trees from the perspective of a tree. Kevin, and, I was just about to reference that song. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I feel like there's a, you know, there's a camp element there that we all need to celebrate, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. trust yourself that song, their song called Why Me? These really, mm -hmm. these lyrics that are- Not gonna give into it. Not gonna give into it, um, which he's done a bunch over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I mean, there's songs that are just really efficiently written and, um, and good tunes and she sings her yes. ass off. You know, and she is one of those that her voice has just gotten better and better and it definitely like last time I saw her in concert which was probably 20 
18, maybe something like that. 17, 18. Wow. Like there's definitely like a lived in quality to the voice now, but it's like, I mean, it's, it's still there. Like it's still there. Yeah. I'm telling you the world does not, I don't need to tell you, um, but whoever <laughs> listens to this, the world does not know. They just don't know. And every time I see y'all, I, you know, yay for a living in John doing, doing grease hurrah for freaking Sandy. Yay. She can fit into the pants. That's lovely. But she is so much more than that stupid movie. Yes. Um, yes. And people just don't want to talk about it. I, I, I mean that with all of my heart. Mm-hmm. Well, so then after, after Gaia, which was, for those of you that don't know, that was the, that was the cancer recovery album. Like these yeah. were the songs she wrote, like, you know, laying on the floor of her bathroom after chemo or something. Right, and uh, her father died and after she'd gone through a divorce. And her father had died, exactly. It was her so, George Michael older phase. Ooh, great comparison. <laughs> <laughs> it was spot on. Um, so then we have Back With a Heart, which was the attempt, I think, to bring her back to the charts. <laughs> and so it's a, it's a little bit of a, you know, it's a little pop country. There's some, I think there's some decent stuff on there. It's there probably one of the albums I've listened to the least. Yeah. I, I mean, did like the revisit of uh, I Honestly Love You on that with Babyface. Yeah, it was very nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I actually listened to it. Yeah, it's, it was nice. Yeah, it's, oh, did you know, you? What, I did, I did. I listened to it while I was at work today and it was a nice, pleasant listen. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't listened to it in a long time um because it never really you know really hit me um at all right. fortunately I, I knew what they were trying to do as well you know and i just didn't really want to buy into all that but i did check yeah. it out and that was cool um but you know it's it's interesting that at that time too things were still created for um ra- for radio in a way mm-hmm. that doesn't exist anymore you know and yeah i think it would be very different now because oh, super different now. You don't have to wait for someone to play the song for you anymore. You know, you right. can right. Um, and back then, so, there was still there was still what was considered adult contemporary. Right, right. That's a pretty much a faded um, category now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obviously still there, but the the way music is distributed is so different, and me- the way music is sold is so different now. But you know, it's clear they were going for country radio and adult contemporary radio. Right. And I think that this was this was around the time of like maybe the 40th anniversary for Greece, I think. Maybe. So she was having like a little bit of a resurgence moment. Um, so then we get through that phase. And now this brings us into what I call the Earth Mother phase that she is in now. <laughs> the, the Grace and Gratitude album Listen. that you could only buy at Walgreens. Right. And so, of course, I drove my ass to Walgreens and had to ask for it and then was given stink eye when they had to go get it out of the back. And I was like, I will take three copies. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good for you. Listen, that's one of but those- I actually love that album. I love that album. That's one of those albums. It was just, it was just like the Gaia album. It's, mm-hmm. it's in a way, it's sort of like the physical album. It's just this, it's this but what's, moment of artistic purity that because it's like, I don't give a fuck if this charts. 
Like I, I I'm not going to be on the charts. So this is what I want to do. It's did like that, it's did like that, it's a. Did that album influence you? I'm just curious, not to make too much of it, but did it influence you to go on the path that you're on now? Since you're, I was already on it. I was already on it. So it was it was wonderful to like sort of have that as a as a soundtrack in huh. some ways. And um, but yeah, it was uh, yeah because that would have been 2000 and probably that's like maybe eight or nine or something maybe something around. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, and everything that's come after that has been, you know, sort of like this. But it's mm-hmm. I I'm excited. See, she was very smart in that she always owns her her shit. She owns her masters. So I then she know. signs. Yeah. So then she signs this new deal, like in the lot during the pandemic. Um, with uh, this is who's coming out with the reissue, and so apparently there's plans for like so many reissues and unreleased and remastered stuff. Wow. So I think we're, we're the, the floodgates are about to open. Um, yeah. What did you think of the, the two collaborations with, uh, with Chloe? I didn't. <laughs> I, yeah. I, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, Olivia, if you hear this, I'm sorry. Um, right. I, I listened to them. They, they it, I, I feel like, Okay, I feel like she is um, a mom who loves her daughter, obviously, and is supporting her daughter and everything her daughter wants to do and possibly can do. And, um, but I just didn't get into it. It wasn't my gig. I did get to see Chloe sing with her the first time I saw her live. She brought Chloe out because it was in Anaheim. I was living in LA at the time. And so- it was in California. And so I guess, you know, it's obviously easy for her to bring her daughter out and her daughter yeah. did. And she sounded, you know, very nice. I recall thinking she sounds like, a, you know, young, late nineties, you know, Christina Aguilera, Mariah mm, Carey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, trying to do that. Kind uh, of Either way. Um, it, the, the, uh, the stuff she's done with her daughter now is not, not, is not really been much for me. How many times have you seen her live? Uh, only twice, uh, the, the one time in Anaheim and then uh, here in Columbia, South Carolina. So I saw her, last time I saw her was in Charleston and um, I had second row seats and um, and I had called in so many fa- favors because I was like, someone has got to be able to get me backstage. Mm-hmm. Um, I called in, no, it doesn't go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and um, so I had gone I had bought two tickets, which were, you know, like higher up. And then I'm like the day of, I, I'm scrolling through and there's like one ticket left on the second row. I'm like, I'm, I'm buying that one and I'm sitting in that one. But my other friends were like in the other seat. So, you know, into the concert comes and you know, she's at the edge of the stage, you know, going down, shaking the hands. I literally climbed over. I don't even know if I climbed. I think I just was like, like bionic woman over. And my friends say that I pushed a girl out of the way oh. <laughs> to get my hand up there <laughs> and touched. Now I have talked to her on the phone. That really? is the closest I have come because I think that the universe knows that I could not handle physically meeting her. That what I think I would. Well, about meeting her on the phone, talking. So I would do some stuff on Sirius XM here and there, and she was a guest on um, one of the shows, and so. I had the opportunity to speak to her and I, 
I said something like, um, uh, I always point, pointed to the, my love of Xanadu to my, to my mom after I came out of like, dude, I made you take me to see Xanadu like three times. <laughs> like the seed should have been planted then. And she said, uh, she goes, you know, I, I hear that a lot, that Xanadu, <laughs> that Xanadu made a lot of boys gay. And I said, well, I don't think it made me gay, but it definitely cemented it. And, and she thought that was very funny. That's okay. That's <laughs> and then I did, with, I did end with asking her, have you ever been mellow? Oh, <laughs> and she thought that was semi-funny, but uh, but yeah, that's that's the closest I've come because I know that I would just any of those three from the Trinity, I would just dissolve into tears and yeah. not get anything that I wanted out. Um, all right, top three songs. Oh, of hers. Okay. Uh, okay. Hold on. Uh, no, we don't want dead air on this podcast, do we? Um, okay. Overall, not just physical. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Um, don't stop believing. Um, don't stop believing just because it's, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it sounds a little cheesy, I guess the, just the lyric is so earnest, but you know, every once in a while you want to hear, don't stop believing. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and and it's I rate it better than the than the journey uh, version. Um, I wouldn't say twist of fate because I think it's it's probably her most perfect, 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 perfect. Yes, song. that song does not get enough attention, it and does that she doesn't do it, and that she doesn't do it live drives me insane. It's crazy. Uh, it's just a perfect, perfect eighties pop song. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And, and she uh, is stunning in that video. Yes. Oh my gosh, she looks amazing. Um, and then I would say recovery, but then a, a close third, fourth, a, a 3.5 is, um, uh, oh shoot, um, uh, suspended in time from Xanadu. Okay, Kevin. Okay, so my, my top three, my top three, because I obviously had time to think about this, Deeper Than the Night. Oh, uh, right. That, the, the bridge of that song is just yeah fucking perfection okay. twist of fate and yeah. suspended in time i mean <laughs> that is one of the best ballads like hands down it is and it, you know it's such a cheesy movie and oh did you it, ever see the broadway show though i did not did they do that song in the broadway show i should know they that. do they did and the okay this is <laughs> so I, I was in new york for, for a work visit and i'm like fuck yeah, I'm going to see this. So I had like uh, third row center seats and I have a very loud, obnoxious laugh. Uh, I own this, but um, the show was actually really funny. Like they played, like they just played up the campiness of it and the ridiculousness of it. So I'm just, cause I, when I get really amused, like not only is my la laugh like really loud and bark-like, but I also kind of throw myself forward. <laughs> like it is a, full body experience yes. so 90 minutes no intermission boom perfect so show ends lights come up we all stand up this bitch in front of me turns around and she goes well i guess you enjoyed it and oh. I was like, in fact i did so so much so that as i was leaving the theater i went by the box office and bought seats for the next day and 
for $25, you could sit on the stage and be part of the Greek chorus. Shut up. <laughs> Why don't so that's what I did the life. second time. <laughs> so Cheyenne Jackson's like skating by me. And uh, then, um, then, you know, the show ends. And I'm sitting next to this girl who has seen the show 13 times at that point. And I was like, like, I felt like I was like looking into like Black Mirror or something. And so show ends by the stage door, you know, playbill sign, take a, a selfie with Cheyenne Jackson, uh, who's very dreamy in person. And then I, I start walking back to my hotel and I realize that I'm walking by Cheyenne Jackson. And I'm like, you know, so this three or four blocks. And then I'm like, I, I have to say something because this is just, yeah. just be weird and awkward. So I just turn and I go, I'm not following you, by the way. I, my hotel is this way. <laughs> so he goes, he goes, okay. And then he crosses the street and goes into a bodega. <laughs> <laughs> now flash forward to 2018 summer of 2018 i am in uh, a farmer's market in vancouver and i'm looking at these beautiful strawberries and this man is standing next to me and i turn and it's cheyenne jackson following you <laughs> following me this time really? and so my friends i'm like i'm like take a picture take a picture it's cheyenne jackson take a picture so they just take a picture because they don't know. And I'm like, should I say something? <laughs> and so I just go with, I'm a big fan. And he's like, oh, thank you. And that's you know, the end of our connection for a minute. And so my friend hey. was like, I, I thought you said that it was Janet Jackson. And I said, okay, so for future reference, <laughs> if we're somewhere and Janet Jackson happens to be standing by me, yes. this is how that will probably play out. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, so that's my Xanadu story. Okay, hashtag blessed life. So there that's you go. Very, very. I'm gonna write that in my gratitude journal tonight. Yes, right, you should. This is this is gonna be an interesting question for you. Do you have a wish list of songs that you wish she had recorded? Oh, you know, no, I don't. I no, don't. I no. For I, me, I, it's, I love Sheena Easton, but there's like five Sheena Easton songs that I would love to. See Olivia do. I want to know what what strut. Uh, okay, yeah. I think telephone would have been really cool. Almost over you. Uh, the been, lover and me. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, sure. Oh well, then anything. Really. But you know, I have to, you know there there are sometimes that she's done. Well, she's done a lot of chains. Covers. Chains by Tino Arena would have been a phenomenal oh, Olivia sure. Newton John song. You know what? What, what it, that question reminds me of the fact that um, you know she shared the same manager with Tina Turner, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I remember watching some documentary and and the the manager saying that what's love got to do with it was originally, I don't know if it was for Olivia Newton John, but they considered they maybe they played it for her or whatever, and it made me wonder, God, what would her her version of that sounded like? And, well, you know, so there is a. There's another version of that song that's by like a Swedish duo or something mm -hmm. uh, that came out before the Tina version, and it's horrible. <laughs> it's <is laughs> wretched. Oh, and, well, I have to find that then. Yeah, and and I don't think like this is no no Tino shade to Olivia, but it would not have been in that same like that little oh. sexy beat would not have been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but right. I mean, I would I would love to have heard her attempt it really. You know, I, yeah, I think so there are too. some covers she's done that are just been. I mean, you know, in the seventies, um, uh, her albums were full of covers of yeah. bigger hits. Yeah, uh, don't cry for me, Argentina. Accepted at that time, you yeah. know. I, I mean, Angel in the morning. Angel in the Angel in the morning. The air that I breathe. Um, oh, a bunch, a whole bunch of them. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it made me think. I, I'll just I'll just throw this out there that you know one of the in, in the in the sense of her. Um, uh, how her career grew, you know, when she started, when you think about um, when she was having her first hits, you know, um, uh, the Banks of the Ohio, or If Not For You, or, mm -hmm. you know, or even um, <clears throat> I Honestly Love You, that was still a time when AM radio was big. Um, Sammy Davis mm -hmm. Jr. had one of his, his probably his biggest hit and talk about, I mean, that's, you know, Sammy Davis Jr. was not hip for the 1970s, right? But had his biggest hit that right. began in what, 1972 or 73, when she was, mm -hmm. you know, arguably already a, a sort of AM pop star slash country star. Do you know what I mean? Um, when mm -hmm. her records were making waves. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting that she really does. But this was also at a time. Straddle these eras is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. But this or was straddle that era. Too, yeah. Where radio would not play multiple women at the same time. Like there could only be like two or three women in like rotation at that time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it you know, Olivia would have a streak and Linda Ronstadt would have a streak. Helen Reddy would have a streak. But it yeah. was there was never a time where they were ever actually able to like commingle and exist together. Um, again, yeah. Olivia walked, so Madonna could run. Yep. Um, <laughs> that might be what I. It's that might be the name of the episode. All right, so Britney Spears can take to, a, to, a, a, a. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. I won't finish I, my. I, th I gotta it was hear a dumb joke. Written. Goodbye. Okay. Okay. Go on. <laughs> it was a dumb joke. <laughs> well, I was going to just say. To uh, to wrap it up, can you can you capsulize what she and her work have meant to you in your life? Um, uh, whew, um, I just so I'm a, I'm a singer um, on the you know on the side. Um, it's a talent that I um, am proud to have and um, a, a thing that I love to do and I love to perform and do all that fun stuff. And so for me. Um, Olivia was my first real um, musical crush. Um, mm. I learned a lot of, I aped a lot of vocal technique from her <laughs> as a little high-pitched 11, 12-year-old, 13-year-old, whatever, um, before my voice changed. And I, but I, and, you know, and to some degree, I mean this sincerely, I think I, the way I, the, the way I approach vibrato, the way I approach certain things, certain, certain, um, mm just certain lines is, um, is very much influenced by her. Uh, there's just something she, uh, listening to her over and over and over and over and over again taught me. So there's that. And I, I just, I've said it before, I think in our conversation, I just think she's one of those that I think is just very underappreciated mm -hmm. as a musical talent that should mean something for the next few generations. You know? Yeah, I think it's, uh, have you watched any of the um, 
first reaction videos of like uh, of people, their first reactions to hearing like different songs. Not for her. I, I should look into that now, but I haven't. So there, there, I've, I've, I've watched two. One is um, a guy hearing it for the first time. And then the other one is a woman watching the video and hearing the song for the first time. And they're very interesting to, you know, they don't, they don't disparage. They don't make fun of. You're like, wow, that's a good song. <laughs> like the guy was like, can y'all like write in the comments, is, is all her work like this? <laughs> and it was, oh, that's, see, that's great. That's great. I wish, yeah. I wish more people would appreciate that. You, you know, you don't have to be a Christina Aguilera or a Mariah Carey or a Whitney Houston or any of those people that, that, that um, you know, uh, represented a certain style of singing. Mm -hmm. Her style of singing and, and approaching a song, um, maybe it's, you know, it's closer to sort of more, sort of more classical singing or more um, Broadway pop kind of singing, but it just is perfect. It's just this perfectly crystalline voice that um, nobody else yeah. has. Yeah. And you just have to treasure that she wanted to use it. What? No. How about for you? What is it? What is yeah. your work for you? I mean, you know, I. Um, I it was just this, like you know, shiny, happy, <laughs> bright thing. And I always yeah. think about like Muriel's wedding, you know, with her with Abba. Mm -hmm. Like that was what Olivia was for me. Like that was like, okay, I'm gonna put the headphones on. Everything else is because you know I was a little fat gay kid, and you know, and this was like my happy little escape was to <laughs> you know put in the VHS of Xanadu or <laughs> you yeah. know listen to the physical album for like the twelve hundred and forty seventh time or something like that. I really don't have an idea of how many times I've actually listened to that album. Like it's, I it's got to be in the thousands. It has to no. It's it's. Uh, uh the uh xanadu physical totally hot yeah uh, yeah it, it's in the thousands i mean it's so have you um, go ahead no you go oh no go ahead go ahead i, I was gonna say okay, i'm sorry i'm sorry uh, well, I, was just start out. I, I was gonna say that it's um um prince is my number one in terms of being a fan right and so mm -hmm. i into all of that thousands and thousands and thousands of times but um, but Olivia is just right under that. Honestly, these those these particular yeah. records, um, I will always I will always keep coming back to. Always, mm. it will be a gift forever. As, as have long you as, uh, have you pre-ordered? I did pre-order. <laughs> yes, of course I pre-ordered. I mean, you know, I listen. I don't buy everything. I didn't, I didn't buy the hotel sessions thing. I don't even know if you could oh, buy. Oh, I bought that. I, oh no! Know, I didn't buy a hard copy of it, but I, I definitely you know, downloaded I that. Okay, yeah. I mean, I've streamed it, you know, but um, yeah. in this day and age, but uh, but uh, how could I not? And you know, uh, the fact that it it, uh, it you know has all the remixes and it, I hopefully it'll sound beautiful and all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that that live concert is on it, and I haven't seen that live concert in years and years. Oh, it, same. Same. I'm. I. I think I'm more excited about that than I am the. Uh, oh, yeah, that album. and, and, and I video, would love. Nibble, we'll, the videos I never really got into as a kid because I didn't didn't have cable and they weren't being played well, on cable. Anyway. I was so, going to say they weren't being played on MTV, MTV or even on VH1. If you didn't watch the uh, the special the night it aired, you never saw them. You just and, didn't see it. 
and it's and there's and they're boy they're campy as hell but um oh yeah <laughs> you just get a sense for what they were trying to do and and where they were trying to go with it and it really is you know some of those videos are as corny as you know gary newman's cars which right. a certain segment of the population of the music loving population will you know and think is, is, is it's, it's justifiably a uh, an influential song and moment but you know really cheesy video i mean come on you know what I mean? Um, and and the whole thing her. has a um, has a, a white diamonds feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> like very soft filter. Yes. <laughs> love it. Love These it. These videos have always brought me luck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, uh, Kevin, this has just been so fun and delightful. Thank you so and, much uh, for letting me do this with you. And it's been a nice to reconnect with you. And I, I love the podcast and I hope more and more people listen to it and, and <laughs> you know, get your, get your warmth and your fabulousness. And you need to take this on the road, my friend, take it on the road. Maybe it'll be my, my one man, my one man show, but uh, I, uh, I appreciate you. And uh, we were, we we're going to definitely do another deep dive on something at some point. I feel, I just feel it. I feel it in the waters. So, I hope so. So until next time, uh, friends, uh, go talk about things horizontally. <laughs>